Welcome to Six Degrees of Rumination. I'm just but one of your hosts, Reno Gorman. And I am another one of your hosts, Nina Boyd. <clears throat> I'm not a host. I'm a producer. I'm Mike. Mike's in his own class. Yeah. Very, very different from a host. Yeah. I mean, if you can't hear the difference, just stop listening together. <laughs> exactly. If you can't hear the enthusiasm levels <laughs> mm-hmm. between the three of us. For sure. I'm pretty struggling. We haven't had a podcast in quite a bit of time, so it's, it's nice to get back in the seat here today. Mm-hmm. Wow, we, that sounded really official. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. This is an official Six Degrees back uh, in the seat. publication here. Back behind the mic. Yeah, the official seat. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, just a straight up animals <laughs> episode for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, what do we got on the table today? We've got uh, got a lot of insects and bugs coming your way. Like I've got pork rinds on my table. <laughs> yeah, got so the pork right, rinds. the end result of one animal. Um, but we also have uh, mammals. We have <laughs> <laughs> aside from pork rinds, we have cats. Hmm. We have killer whales. We've got a nice story about elephants. A, a happy feel-good story about elephants. That's true. And a less happy feel-good story about other animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To start off, um, we, I'm, I'm kind that, of thrilled. That's it? We're just talking about animals? This one's this, all about yeah. animals. This is, look, this is episode 99, not 100. So we're oh. going to keep it chill here and what not, we talking not about try to be too impressive. That's a surprise. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> For everyone. <laughs> and me. Yeah. So um, this first uh, story we're going to talk about, off the... Uh, the coast of Spain and Portugal over the summer of 2020, there have been numerous repeated attacks from killer whales on humans. You could call it a orchestrated attack. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Too good to pass up. So um, when this uh, article was published in October, they said there's at least, at least 33 targeted bizarre attacks off the coast of Portugal and Spain. That sounds creepy and official. Targeted right. attacks as if there's some sort of like whale yeah, this army. This isn't a military operation. It is. Like, That's what? how they are. This this sounds premeditated, orchestrated yeah. attacks. Whales are assholes, dude. Not as bad as dolphins, but... So how'd they attack? Was it just like people swimming in the water? Were they attacking boats? What were they doing? They're attacking boats. And so like... Orcas, I don't know if you know this or not, they don't have opposable thumbs. They don't have Wait, a lot of weapons. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. Like, how do how do orcas attack boats? They ram them. Yeah, they do just you really ram want us them. To, oh, okay. Never mind. Could you imagine, like, being an animal to be like, I want to attack that fucking big-ass machine. What am I going to do? I'm just going to, like, run into it really hard. I mean... <laughs> they don't know it's a machine. They're hunters, I mean, yeah. and maybe they think it's some new animal, and they're, they've seen ships and boats. They know what they are, I feel like. They know what people are. Must be hard. That's why they're attacking. Linebacker, this shit. Just <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, people surmise that they must have been traumatized or triggered by some boat, maybe running into them at some point. But uh, apparently, a lot of these pods in the area are just attacking boats left and right, ramming into them at quite high speeds. They can swim pretty damn fast. I'm guessing yeah. like 30, 40, maybe 50 miles an hour. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. And uh, so they've got some testimony of, of uh, people's firsthand accounts. <laughs> Quote, the noise was really scary. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to you that people are dying. No, I, not dying, I'm but. reading ahead and it becomes okay. even more funny. They were ramming the keel. Is that part of the boat? Sure. Yeah. Like, like the- when you're keel hauled. It's along the side, like the bottom part. Oh, yeah. Keel hauled. Yeah. Yeah. Of come course. on. Get with the pirate program here. They were ramming the keel. There was this horrible echo. I thought they could capsize the boat. And this deafening noise as they communicated, whistling at each other. That would be creepy, like a horror movie. Capsized isn't open for interpretation. What do you mean you thought they capsized the boat? Either you're upside down or not. No, she thought they could. They thought they could. She was worried. I didn't hear that correctly. I was like, either you're upside down in the water or you're not, bitch. What's up? (laughs) The noise was really deafening. I couldn't tell. (laughs) I didn't know what was going on. But you, can you imagine like these whales surrounding you, whistling to each other all eerily? Yeah, before they maybe capsize your boat. That's probably not how they sound when they whistle. But no, I don't know what. I'm not a good whistler. I mean, so. yeah. But yeah, that, that's yeah, that's pretty uh, amazing. It's like how how loud and noisy all that whistling would be. Yeah, and then she goes on to say, a large chunk of the rudder was missing, and the rest was covered in teeth marks. 
after the boat was towed back to port. <laughs> so we're Steven Spielberg. <laughs> we need something. We need like a Jaws <laughs> spinoff. Yeah, these are scarier than sharks. The yeah. orcas are just like I don't know. Just bite the that rudder yeah. thing. I don't know. Learn <laughs> <laughs> their lesson. Um, that maybe we, it has something to do with like the fact that those boats were going in an area where they had been like habitually mating and had a lot of their young and felt that the boats were a threat. Yeah. yeah. I mean, or I they when... thought the boats were attractive and they were just trying to, you know, <laughs> just... make another... <laughs> I'm a fuck that boat. <laughs> right. like kinky orca play. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> they were whistling. Like they were just <laughs> trying to... <laughs> taking a page out of the dolphin yeah, book. <laughs> pretty much. Um, that same week, there was two other attacks, and these are hour-long attacks. This isn't just like <laughs> hour-long. That's you, so stressful. These are some fucking tough-ass yeah. boats. Like, yeah. how are they taking this odds for so long? That's not just like, oh, hey, there's a boat there. Let's let's fuck with them. Okay, we fucked with them. All right, yeah, whatever. Let's let's go about their day. Like, yeah, that's a straight-up melee assault. Crazy. Um, they spun around a forty-foot yacht around it on its axis, and they slammed the rudder so hard that uh, dude on the boat uh, dislocated his shoulder. Sick, yeah. So um, I'm uh, less impressed by that one. The teeth marks was scary because it's like uh, only one shoulder. First of all, I mean, I mean, I cough sometimes. Pop that shit back in. Stop being a pussy. I know, right? (laughs) Get your shit together. What is he doing on the boat? (laughs) So yeah, and then I like just how like nonchalantly at the end of this orca article, they're just like. Meanwhile, orcas in South Africa have stepped up their attacks on great white sharks, eviscerating them for their nutrient-rich organs. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, they're so strategic like thinkers. So there's good orcas and bad orcas? Well, the orcas, yeah, in South Africa fuck up the great white shark. It's like, I think it's like one of the only real predators the great white shark has. Yeah. So it's like, those are the good orcas and then like up where, where is this, Madrid, Spain or whatever? Yeah, yeah. And those are like the rockabilly orcas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, they're over there with their like orca switchblades <laughs> taking on these boats. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, wow. they're actually like saying like, if you're, if you're planning on going on a little small boat off some coast there in Spain, like just forget about it. The, the boat, the orcas might fuck you up. Yeah. Just don't do it. Or go to South Africa instead. Yeah. I mean, that's your choice. All right, so um, switching gears. <laughs> yeah, definitely, because I have no idea how to connect these two, yeah. like, honestly. Other than the fact that, you know what? If the um, boat owners in Spain had had a little more, like, I don't know, animal tactic, like building a rapport with the orca, for instance, maybe they could have avoided all those attacks. Exactly. Like, how, how would you befriend an orca? I don't know, but I do know how to befriend a cat. Oh, how how does one befriend a cat? You know? That's how I befriended all my cats. You fed them? Yeah, them. Look, that's like <laughs> low-level obvious shit. Actually, I think producer Mike could guess what the the tactic is here. To befriend a cat? Yeah. yeah. When I read this, I was hoping it would be some new information, but actually this is something you and I have always done with our pet cats, and I told you about it because Mike wasn't a cat person at no. first. But it has to do with our faces and them watching our faces. Oh, it's a blinking. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty big hint. But no, I do that. I have um, a family of stray cats at work and I'm slowly getting them to trust me and we blink at each other and I feed them and shit. Yeah. Fuck off, Reno. It's not just regular blinking. Yeah. No, it's not that. It's It's a family of stray cats. So, like, are we talking five, six, seven cats? Five. Five? That's a lot of blinking. Yeah. It's well, as long as all, they all look at you at the same time, you have to do it. All there at once. Like, they rotate through the break area and I feed them. Yeah. Cats like to be solitary. They don't yeah. really they don't really come to you in a big group, you know. Even ours, yeah. like they kind of take turns, you know, they eat spread apart. Yeah, but, this isn't new news. This isn't cats for idiots or well, cats for dummies or whatever book that is. So the the recent study that happened, I think the people who did it, they already had an idea that this was a thing and they just wanted to further prove it, you know? You and, know how science goes. They're like, yeah, yeah but how can we really know for sure? <laughs> Let's just do it like the 85th study and yeah. make absolutely certain. <laughs> Look, these universities keep getting funding for this project. Just keep researching Yeah, we it. like cats. We want to hang out with them. Mm-hmm. Let's just prove that they like blinking. So in here, they call it eye-narrowing movements in cat-human communication because it's got to sound really official, yeah. but it's basically what we already said. And sometimes it's called the slow blink. Yeah. I don't know if you guys, well, I know you have, Mike, but Reno, I don't know if you've experienced a cat looking at you. Oh, yeah. And sometimes it'll just be like. For those of you who aren't 
You know, able to watch this podcast. Was, Nina's yeah. blinked incredibly slow mm-hmm. at Reno. They That's, narrow their eyes. I say she's narrowing her eyes. Yeah, they narrow their eyes thing. sometimes to the point of closing them all the way, and then they open them back up very slowly too. And they they look at you the whole time they're doing it, and it's supposed to indicate you know feelings of love and security. or trust or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like I I know I can trust you to a certain extent because they're letting their guard down when they blink. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're not just, they're not just moistening their eyes. No, like, it's yeah. a it's a um, purposeful movement. It's it's not just a regular blink. Yeah, you can definitely tell. Um, but in here, uh, one of the new things the study did was they wanted to prove that cats are more likely to approach strangers after they've had the slow blink experience, and they did find that, yes, they are more likely to. So it's not just their owners that they're already comfortable with. You could be a complete stranger, do that little slow blink at them, and they'll... Maybe slow blink back at you, or at least realize that you don't. Um, yeah, you you're don't, not going to harm them or anything. You don't always get that slow from a stray. Like they'll just stare you down. Like the fuck <laughs> yeah. are you doing? Yeah, but they do they're just like I ain't blinking at your ass. Mm-hmm. Like you're crazy. They do the fast blink. You're like, oh fuck. No, there's no fast blink. <laughs> Their eyes are just like fixated. Yeah, yeah. The other interesting thing in here is that so we already knew that cats would purr and things when they wanted to um, have positive positive human attention, but um positive yeah positive mm-hmm. yeah exactly stop it but this kind of I'll pause. This kind of yep <laughs> mike you seem to be feline a little annoyed at our puns over there i'll press good. the stop button <laughs> i've done 99 episodes of this show. i'll press that fucking no. stop button. like a cat he'll just throw all the equipment yeah. off the table here yep so they purr and they're they're sensitive to our emotional cues they rub against us if we seem sad and, and things like that um but they did also discover that, um, or they kind of, I guess, hypothesize, like, did the cats start the slow blinking on their own? Or did they learn it from us, from someone doing it to them? Mm. And I think that's interesting. Because cats, um, like, when they meow, usually, it's at other humans. It's not at other cats. So they meow at their owners or, like, people who come over. They learn to communicate with us because we respond to their meowing. A little bit. A mother cat will meow at its kittens to get it to come over. I mean, yeah. use the strays at work. I feed the mom cat. And I overfeed her so that she has some for her kittens. She eats a little bit. Then all of a sudden, she starts walking around going, meow, meow, meow. Yeah, meow. like and how ducks kitten, do yeah, with their ducklings. Yeah. And then their kittens come ducks out meow, from like you know. the bushes and start. Then <laughs> her kittens will start eating with her. So mm-hmm. no, they do meow at each other. It's just for very specific things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then they piss us off. One of my favorite cat facts is that they're just a couple generations away from being completely wild again. Like they, unlike dogs, they haven't really become fully domesticated. They could spend like they could have kittens out in the wild, you know, and those kittens would just like immediately be feral unless they're around people. Like they don't keep their mm-hmm. learned behaviors of being a pet. It's not passed down. Yeah, they're just you know? living right on the edge of yep. of wildness. Mm-hmm. That's why they're so amazing to have in the house, and sometimes really annoying. So. It's really annoying is sometimes you just can't really communicate <laughs> with your cats. Like, I thought you were going to... Never mind. Okay. What? What did you think I was going I thought you were going to transition somehow to this next one. Like, what's really annoying is... I, I am. I, oh, that is my transition. All right, but, just kidding. Move but on. But before we transition, yeah. the scientific term for blinking is mm. not narrowing one's eyes. It's nictitation. Oh. Almost like okay. nicotine. I'll update nictitation. my usage there. Yeah. Yeah. Are you nictitating at me? Yes. The woman asked. And also, if your eye, uh, like eye muscle or eyelid is kind of like twitching, you know, you get yeah. like a little spasm twist. That's a blepharospasm. Oh, of course. Right. Blepharospasm. Yeah. You know, I get that a lot and it's really annoying. But yeah. it usually happens if I drink a lot of coffee, which so it's easily explained. All right. So anyways, yeah, you know how it's really annoying, how mm-hmm. it's really hard to communicate, to have dialogue with your pets? <laughs> well, say uh-huh. no more. Um, there's a new app called Meow Talk. Um, I actually just downloaded it for free. You can download it for free. And what it does is it will analyze the sounds of your cat's meows. And after a while, it can kind of learn, it can take an estimated guess of what each one of those distinct meows means. And so that you can understand your cat. And also, or yes, yeah, so like when it meows, like the app will just say like what that meow was like does it it doesn't have like an actual sentence translation right it probably just sounds like a category like this meow means it's hungry or right okay it's not like hey nina what's <laughs> yeah. up with that dress that would be amazing <laughs> <laughs> yeah what's the weather like going to be on wednesday mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I'm, 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 this is a load of shit. I'm sorry. No, I'm intrigued. Look, okay. <laughs> no, well, no. Okay, here's the thing. This app is assuming, like, you have to have this app on at all times. Oh, definitely. Can, yeah, so it's it's so a like, brilliant marketing campaign on their end yeah, for so data like, collection. Like, the people yeah. that create this app, do you realize how spontaneous the, the ownership and relationship you have with a cat? Like, there's no way. It's like, like, the cat could be doing something cute, and Nino will be like, Mike, look! And also, the cat's like, fuck you. Yeah, I don't want to do anything. Well, <laughs> yeah, look. It's like, dude, there's no way to catch no. that. This is, it's like, you're going to have to have this app on 24-7, following you around your cat, can. opening it, it's going to meow you. Look how people are with their phones. It's totally possible. You know? Maybe the apps are always running in the background, <laughs> so just have this one, you know, have your phone So what, you. every time it hears a meow, it's going to pop up with a notification? Yes. Fuckface yep. is hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, your cat's name is Fuckface? Well... <laughs> <laughs> well sometimes but you know what though mike brings up an interesting point which is if you own cats i feel like you kind of figure out what the meows mean already like you get to know their individual meows yeah like if dexter goes in the kitchen and goes Rah! i know he wants food not even the kitchen though sometimes we'll just know you know he'll come yeah. find us mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be around mealtime like you know yeah this is probably for like the the less insightful, dumber, disconnected cat owners, <laughs> right. they're like, but what does it all mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, or but this... they said that there's usually around five to ten different types of meow, depending on the cat. Like you said earlier, cats only meow really with humans, unless it's a mother cat. Yeah. It's getting so cats just kind of develop distinct, a few distinct meows. Like, do you guys notice any distinct meows coming from? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there's the I'm hungry one, and then there's the one where I'm like, Are "You fucking kidding me, really?" Yeah, really. Like if you're leaving the house again and mm-hmm. they're mad about it. Um, there's different meows if they want to play, um, and then meow. I mean, yeah, it's yeah, more like that. yeah. Well, and we recently got a kitten, so her meows are super cute and usually asking to play. But then they also each have a meow. We can tell that they're in distress, you know. Meow. Yeah, so, mm. I mean, kind of like I don't want to even imitate it because it's very sad and like distressful but and then um unfortunately our cats like to drink out of the bathroom sink and two of them do and they each have a meow for that so it sounds different They're like hey like turn on the water faucet yeah meow. that's exactly what it sounds like too <laughs> so yeah so i also saw this video of like this uh this dog owner had a maybe i forget what kind of dog it was but it had like all these kind of like buttons down on the ground like a few dozen it seems like and yeah. whenever the dog pressed on one of the buttons with his paws, it would, uh, you know, some voice would come up and say a simple, you know, word or phrase. Yeah. So the dog could, you know, quote unquote, you know, communicate with the owner. I've seen that. And they were sort of suggesting that the dog figured out like what was what. And he right. purposely would, you know, yeah. push each button. How do you, so. how do you know? I don't know. Yeah. Do you just believe? I don't know. You got to just blindly believe sometimes like, you know. Blindly. You know what could cause blindness? Oh, uh-oh. If you were fucking stung in the eyeball <laughs> by a bee. You don't say. I, I do say. Wow. It's not very often that people get stung in the eyeball, but uh, there was at least one case in uh, 2020. So if you thought your 2020 was bad, at least you were probably one of the 7 billion people that didn't get stung <laughs> in the eyeball. That's encouraging. Um, this was a 22-year-old guy. Um see i think it must be somewhere in america it appeared in the new england journal of medicine um but yeah dude somehow got stung in his left eye the stinger got stuck in his oh, cornea God. the clear dome part over your eye that's so gross and uh his eye got all puffed up and got all hazy inside of his cornea mm-hmm. from all the venom Ugh. and uh he was more or less blind or at least legally blind in his left eye for a few months yeah i would imagine this is so gross. Like but the way it, they describe it, it. Yeah, yeah, it healed. They 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 uh, anesthetized him and took it out and stitched up. I don't know how the fuck you stitch up a cornea with a laser. I guess. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Like, how else would you do? Okay, <laughs> Doctor Evil over there. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then they gave him a bunch of you know antibiotics and stuff like that, and yeah. uh, he's only got twenty forty vision. At least when they checked up on him a few months later, he had twenty forty vision in his left eye, so he hadn't fully Ugh. healed, but. God. Yeah, so your 2020 is probably bad for most yeah. of you, but you know, at least you weren't stung in the fucking eyeball. You I know, mean, sure. Be worse. But, but 
as much as people like Mike and that other dude hates bees, you gotta love them for other reasons. Like for one, uh, some researchers in Australia discovered that uh, their venom can aggressively fight breast cancer. That's crazy. <laughs> so why you sting bo- boobs? So as long, like, yeah, don't yeah. sting exactly. them in the eye. Yeah, yeah. it's a little further <laughs> down. A little down. further down. <laughs> I'm down here, bumblebee. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Um, it, it's a specific bee. They're using uh, Perth bees from, oh. I'm guessing, Perth, Australia. Yeah. Um, they describe them as some of the healthiest in the world. Uh, I guess maybe they're not. Like, are there bees that are unhealthy? I mean. Uh, have you been living underneath a rock, Nina? Have you not been listening to our own podcast? Yeah, but bees? those are those just die immediately. It's like they're not really, they're not living unhealthily. They're just dead. So They don't, they don't die just immediately. They're sick and then they die. Oh, Anyways, right. bees okay. are fucked if you've been living underneath the rock the past decade so the one thing we can do to help them is to take the healthy population of bees and make them serve our own purposes yes okay yes. got it to save the boobs come on that's true okay um yeah so uh it's apparently pretty pretty um strong at killing and targeting just the uh cancerous or tumorous cells and very little to no attacking of the good cells that makes sense up. i mean maybe i don't know you know, so yeah. what do they just they that inject- makes sense. That sounds like something a bee venom would do. <laughs> yeah, so like they're testing it in mice because they have the breast cancer cells in mice. So I'm assuming they just inject the venom into the mi- like how mm-hmm. how targeted is this? Like they have very very tiny needles for such little rodents. You know, right? Cancer cell size needles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, got yeah. it. It's not much else to say about that except for bees serve so many functions. They're so incredible. Now they're saving us from breast cancer. So good news on the cancer B front. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. I feel like there's going to be some roadblock to this, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, because that's how it always is with cancer research. It's like this miraculous natural thing can do it. Oh, wait, let's keep using chemo. Yeah. Oh, it only works in the southern hemisphere. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see how it goes. I don't know. I remain uh, skeptical, I guess. In other uh, <laughs> insect news. These are really weird when you put them all together. Yeah. I mean, I know that was our point, but yeah. also. Have yeah. you ever wondered what kind of things ants eat? I always. Actually, I don't have to wonder because they seem to come into our apartment on a regular basis looking for water. They never care about the food. Did they not notice the giant lake right that's next to That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, that's no good. They want the indoor water. That indoor water is pretty good. So I'm wondering how we can distract them from water and get them to eat other things. Yes. Well, <laughs> apparently they eat stuff out of their own butt. <laughs> I don't know a whole lot of species of animals that do this, but ants are apparently a species that eat stuff out of their own butt. Oh, God. Ants are so gr- The more I learn about them, the more disgusted I am by them and their entire presence on this earth. They're an interesting species, aren't they? Well, interesting is putting it nicely. Yeah. <clears throat> so they have a gland <laughs> called an acidopore a on, what? Their, on their abdomens. Mm-hmm. And the, the gland, the acidopore, acidopore glands secrete something called formic acid and it's kind of like mm. oozes out. And researchers have long noticed that they w- will often observe ants like slurping up this butt juice. And they never really knew why. Even when they just feed them just like water, like they still slurp up everything that mm. they eat, like out one end, back in the other, and the circle of life. Gross. Let me ask this. So it's just so. like their body converts whatever they take in into this yeah, terrible liquid. So ants have a relatively hard exoskeleton. You know, they have their abdomen, they have that thorax and all that mm-hmm. shit like that. So I, I imagine it being relatively difficult for them to just like, you know reach around and suck ass on themselves. Are they sucking other ant ass or? You know, it's their own. I I imagine there's some like. Are they sucking their own ass? I think, I think all of the above. I think they, they they just their own. There's no, there's no discrimination. Ass is ass and we're going to (laughs) eat out of it. Ants have that like, kind of like that uh, communal group kind of vibe. Oh no, I've caught that. Yeah. I'm sure there's been a few ant ass, um, Antacids. <laughs> um, yeah, I think they're mostly talking about ants slurping up their own their own 
formic acid ooze, but yeah, I think they that are they just like oozing on a plate and then eating it? No, like, they no. they they like they got fold the flexibility. They half can, yeah, and they, they can, really yeah they it's not like the way I read it is it's not like it oozes out. They just know that it's there and they take it out like it's you know they <laughs> suck it out like it's gross. I gotta poop. Everything Sounds they like do is gross. Time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> recycle that stuff. So, All right. But this part is weird. I guess like some birds get the ants to to spray them with this acid so they can get rid of little pests on How them. How big are these ants? I mean, a bird to, the bird to ant ratio isn't exactly I don't know. It just says some birds. Like yeah. you know how birds live in trees and if you've ever looked at certain kinds of trees, especially fruit trees, there's usually a trail of ants going around it cuz yeah. they're always after some stuff, you know. So maybe a bird is just sitting there and it's like, "Hey guys, as long as you're passing by, why don't you spray my feathers so I can rid myself of pests? Yeah, so this formic acid is like a pesticide and uh, an antibacterial. So when the ants eat it, it uh, clears out their their stomach and guts of you know, potentially harmful microbials. Apparently, ants have a very low diversity in their gut, like oh. most of the lowest gut diversities in the animal kingdom. Maybe which they're after yogurt when they come in here. Yeah, they That's just need some more kombucha, want. really. Yeah. Um, Get but, that out of here. So these researchers are thinking maybe that's why, because they ingest so much of this formic acid, it kills a lot of the bacteria inside them. And yes, as uh, a disinfectant pesticide, it helps uh, keep their babies clean, helps keep the nests clean, uh, keeping from fungus spreading. And yes, sometimes birds will intentionally get ants all over them to get this formic acid on them so that they have less other insects. It's not just trading one insect for another. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank God. I'm only covered in ants. Right. How can they guarantee the ants will leave? You know? I mean, I guess whatever. Yeah. Ants are disgusting, dude. I don't know. I I get that it's cool and whatever, but (laughs) I hate them. Because once you see one in there, all of a sudden you have like a million ants in whatever place you're trying to keep them out of. So, I don't know. I think we're quite lucky here in California. We, like, as far as, like, pests go, like, we've got a pretty low pest problem, you know? Yeah, like, that's true. If you travel at any, basically anywhere else in the country or anywhere else in the world, like, bugs are kind of a bigger deal. Right. Or, like, rats pre- and... Right. Yeah. More yeah. often than here. Fire ants, those kind of things. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. a little crazier. Okay, fine. But I still hate them. So... I know what you're thinking. What would happen <laughs> if I had a bunch of this formic acid and I wanted to like get high off of it or if I were to accidentally be exposed to a lot of it? I know that's no. what you're thinking. No, I was I, thinking I wasn't. that. I wasn't. Yeah. I was concerned because, you know, their ants are everywhere. What if they suddenly yeah. decide to spray us instead of a bird? They probably already have. Well, well <laughs> we would know, I think, if they had. All right. Yeah. So I don't know what a high dose of formic acid would be, but they say that a high dose of formic acid can cause corrosive burns to our tissues, headaches, and confusion if inhaled. (laughs) (sighs) Where am I? Where did this formic acid come from? Um, And you don't want to ingest it yourself. It can lead to bloody vomiting. Yeah. So my least favorite kind of vomiting. I know if I had to choose, but I feel like a high dose. I mean, we're never going to get this high of a dose from a few ants. Right. Like you'd have to like purposely harvest, like I imagine hundreds or thousands of ants. Yeah. And it's not like you could just swallow the ants. You'd have to make sure that they sprayed whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't even know how you would get them to do that. I bet you the people in England might have an idea apparently Ooh, yeah apparently I didn't know this till I read this about this in the CNN article that there's a, a sort of annual flying ant day oh annual oh god yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, if we if one of our hundreds or thousands of British uh, listeners could please uh, clue us in on this I'd love to hear more about this and know if it's really true or not but apparently uh, when the weather is just right, when it's uh, not too hot or humid, not too windy, um, all the ants and the ants queen, the queen ants will decide to migrate and start a new colony. And so, when the weather's just right, it just so happens that, like all these ants leave their colonies and go to start new can- uh, new colonies. So, 2020 being you know 2020, there was a huge uh, swarm of ants. Uh, sometime in was it June or July? Mm. Sometime in the summer. But they were crawling on the ground, right? As normal ants do. No, no, 
Oh. No, no, these are 2020 ants. They're <laughs> flying through the air. There's of course. so many of them, swaths of them that appeared on the Doppler radar. And God. a meteorologist for a moment thought that it was just some freak uh, rainstorm. But nope, it was just, I'd imagine billions or trillions of ants just flying through the air. I don't understand how they were flying. Were they being, were they propelling themselves with their own acid? Like, <laughs> just like... <laughs> Reminds me of Stan from South Park. Oh yeah. Um, well, can't the queen? Don't queen bee or queen ants have wings? That's what I heard, but it says so. The young queen ants were sort of like leading this, you know, I don't know, aerial mission. But they were followed by males, so the males somehow had to fly. Maybe it's a certain British species of ants. That, that sounds right. Like the fancier fly. ants have wings. Yeah. Wouldn't you just call that like a wasp? Isn't like a wasp basically just a flying? No, wasps are way more of an asshole than an ant. We did a we did a a thing about wasps, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. And how awful they are. Can't get it close. I don't think they can hear it. No, they hear it. Yep. Go ahead, keep going. Yeah. Well, I mean. I mean that pretty much that, sums it up. It, that wraps up our ant news. Yeah. Yeah. So we thought yeah. we'd close out our ant stories with a tribute to their species. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so if if you uh have experienced this annual flying ant day we'd love to hear from you mm-hmm. or maybe message us on annual flying ant day yeah and let us know like as us, it's happening yeah that it's going on that would be fantastic wow all right well i don't know if i'm gonna top that story at all but you know what i feel like maybe you know all of this ant news and the ridiculousness of it kind of fits in with what we're about to discuss next um, I don't know if you guys have heard of the Ig Nobel Prize. I sure have. I knew that Ig Reno had. Nobel Prize. I like might be saying Ig, it wrong. Like IG yeah. Nobel? Yeah. Like Instagram Nobel Prize? No, I think it's been around longer than Instagram. It's was been that, around Is that a for... pun? No, that was a, that's usually what <laughs> so, people abbreviate it to when they talk about Instagram. Question. Yeah. No, this has got to be some other, maybe some science thing that I don't understand, but... It's it's kind of like the joke Nobel Prizes where they give it out to unusual research um, and scientists who have, you know, gone in unusual avenues, things like that. Um, so I guess this year, one of the winners of the prize was uh, a team of scientists who put an alligator in a helium filled box and made it shout. If you can imagine <laughs> what that sounds like. First of all, shout is an interesting choice of verbs. I never think I of know. like... The noise How, an alligator would make. Don't they just like, kind of growl? Like, they're just like. Yeah. yeah I, that's it. That's so, what, what is it? Is this like. Or something like that? Like what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So annoyingly, it doesn't have a sound clip of, of what that noise ended up being. But um, they were trying to determine whether alligators vocal communications related to their body size. And so that was their excuse for giving this alligator helium and making it shout. Um, so they won the award. I feel like they just had like some leftover grant money that they had to burn. That's what all of these award winners sound like because another one uh, determined that narcissists can be identified by their eyebrows. Oh, cool. So imagine Let's like go down a, this team road. Of, a team of scientists studying that and coming to that conclusion. Like, let's measure so, everyone's eyebrows. What? Is that? So like, is there a shape? Like, no, no like, there's no follow-up. It's just like briefly mentioned. Clearly kinda, the alligator is the I kind of feel like story. I'm a narcissist. Like I'm, I'm good if I get labeled that. I but don't know. I your don't... eyebrows seem like pretty They seem stock pretty non-narcissist. Stock? Yeah. <laughs> Suck my ass over there, you woolly mammoth. <laughs> All right. Well, My, my brows you know are a little thick. Does that mean I'm a narcissist? I don't know. Right. I hope not. Let's see. Let's see what pops up. <laughs> Let's investigate. Let's see. Can you spot a narcissist by their eyebrows? Hmm. This was written in June of last year. Let's see. Hmm. I mean, you look at, say, Donald Trump, which is like the first narcissist that comes to mind for me. The dude had some, he has some pretty big eyebrows, right? I don't remember now. I, I, I guess he, like, just, but I feel like most old guys have big eyebrows. Maybe old. Most, did you really bring up Trump in this? Maybe. Like, did. When you, His fault. As you age, you just become more narcissistic. That sounds right. It's like a self-preservation technique where you're just like, look, I got to look out for me, you know. And Get off my lawn. Yeah, exactly. And that joke is usually about older men, not older women. And older women's eyebrows don't really get bigger. But the older women are like, come on to my lawn. I made some cookies. (laughs) Walk through my garden. Hmm. 
Yeah, so. Oh. While you guys okay. are looking at, oh, you got it. I well, I got a little bit here. So it says eyebrows <laughs> serve important social functions, and they are very. It's like one of the most expressive things on your face, and so that at mm-hmm. least explains why people are studying the eyebrows to determine narcissism. To be honest, they look like yours, dude. My eyebrows, yeah, Donald. Kind of you like have Trump's? Donald Trump eyebrows. Yeah. Oh, the oh, narcissist shit. eyebrows do. Yeah, they look Uh-oh. like. Oh, yeah, he's, he's a Gemini wow. too. Like, too, oh, that makes like sense. they're all like fucking bushy and wooly. At least when he was younger, they were. Yeah, yeah, like when he's, yeah, man, he yeah. looks so different when he's younger. I'm pretty sure that happens to everyone that gets old. <laughs> Dang. Ooh, listen to this. Um, narcissists often focus on cultivating an attractive appearance, and eyebrow grooming is a really good indicator of a narcissist. So, you know, plucking, mm. waxing, tattooing, okay. Um, That's the thing. That So, like, my girlfriend's sister does that. She's an eyebrow artist. She she plucks and <laughs> Majority of the population of females no, no, that's that's her job. Talking about. yeah so what every broad's a narcissist no no that's what she does like as <laughs> a that, she's like yes a, an eyebrow threader or whatever yeah yeah, yeah it's science science yeah. sorry ladies all <laughs> you're a narcissist all true <laughs> just let you let those brows grow if you don't really care crazy so yeah i mean if people want to research that on their own time that's one of the other awards that was given but um no these awards have been around since 1991 as a parody of the Nobel Prize that we all know. Crazy. We should maybe do uh, like a little like quick little episode. Of I know. Just, like, Collect some, like, the big Nobel highlights. <laughs> the highlights, yeah. yeah. You know who doesn't have eyebrows? Uh-oh. Elephants. It's not that I know of. That never occurred to me, but Maybe right. they do have like, I mean, their skin's kind of hairy. Maybe they got some extra bit of hair fur above their eyes, but. Mm, maybe they have like eyebrow folds, you know? I think we'll call those eyelids. Eye folds. No, eye above folds. their eyelids. Upper <laughs> eyelid folds. Upper eyelid folds. Yeah. Especially when they narrow their eyes. Right. If they're looking at a cat. Nictitate their eyes. Yeah, I already forgot the other word. That's blinking. When your oh, eye twitches, it's like left, starts with a B. Blephora- it's almost like blasphemy, but blepharasm. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Something like that. So in a much earlier podcast, we were talking about not, how... Not that much earlier. It was like... Oh. A few, like, it's probably in the late 80s or 90s. Okay. Like, maybe a decade of podcast episodes ago. (laughs) We were talking about how the elephant population was, I don't know, severely diminishing. And it was kind of mysterious why that was happening. Like, we know there's poachers and we know that elephants are affected by uh, rainfall or lack thereof in places they live. But they still couldn't account for why there were so many elephant deaths at the time. And they were getting really concerned that they... I don't know, maybe not would go extinct, but would be endangered. Um, But now we have some good news for you about elephants. Um, They're experiencing a sort of elephant baby boom, which is great, at a park in Kenya. It's at the foot of Mount Kilimanjaro, and uh, they had oh more than 170 calves this year and counting. So I think this is written in 2020. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, in August of 2020. So by now, they've got to have way more. And I know we've talked about this before also. It's really rare for elephants to have twins. They usually just have one calf per birth. But two sets of twins were born this in 2020. Yeah. Yeah, so that's cool. I mean, this is either really good news or it's potentially sad news because all these elephant babies will be subjected to the mysterious death count that i mean they might just be being born to yeah to die yeah elephants have been facing um not extermination but uh extinction almost in a lot of areas because of climate change and because they they cause a lot of disruption for farmers and so farmers fucking hate them sounds like um i can imagine i heard elephants could do quite a number on a field of crops pretty quick like and there's not much you could do fight against them they could just you know flick you away like a little flea but i have to wonder like how often do you think herds of elephants leave the savannah and like go invade farmland and well i mean there's gotta be rural farms like just you know here and there and yeah yeah i don't know how common it is but it does seem like that that is like a thing and there's obviously poaching too yeah um so yeah it's, it's nice to hear that at least in some part of the world elephants are starting to make a little bit of a comeback Mm mm-hmm Speaking of comebacks, are we move on? We'll have one more piece of good news. One little statistic here. So the elephant population was about 16,000 in 1989. 
and by the end of 2019, it had increased to 34,800, like total elephant population. Oh, no, I'm sorry, just in that country, but still. That's, that's even better yeah. news. Yeah. So one more... More little, fact- more little positive elephant mm. factoid. Yeah. But don't, don't say factoid because a factoid is Uh-oh. a false fact. Ah. An alternative <laughs> fact, as some politicians like to call it. Huh. I never knew Anyways. that. Okay. Well, never Speaking mind. of comebacks, mm-hmm. as I was saying, Tasmanian devil, everybody. Oh. Slowly making a comeback. That takes me back. I don't know if you guys remember the cartoon <laughs> character. <laughs> and all those like horrible t-shirts and merchandise that had him all over it. It was just like... So ridiculous. Some of our listeners might be too young to remember the Taz craze, but it was everywhere. Racers, t-shirts, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Kids but, these days, it's probably best that they don't know about the Tasmanian devil. Yeah, they, they need better role models. They do. He was pretty crazy. But you know, he had a good heart. He was just like wild. He? Yeah, he was just like trying to have fun. He never killed anything in cartoons. <laughs> he just kind of like wound himself up into a, a frenzy and... He's like that buddy of yours that like you're good buddies with, <laughs> yeah. but you can't let them drink a single drink no. at parties, otherwise they turn into just a shit yeah. show. And you're like, dude, I love you, but you're kind of being a Tasmanian devil right now. Don't let them into like the good room in your house, you know. Like they get to use the corner bathroom, not the nice one. That get the kind squirt of squirt gun out. Yeah. Ah, Danny, get out of there. Get out of there. You know the rules. Pretty much. Okay, so this is a pretty crazy. Uh, opening here for the article. So it says, for the first time in 3,000 years, the Tasmanian devil is back in the wild on mainland Australia. I'm back, baby. Yeah, 3,000 years. So it's been, um, I don't know, endangered for quite some time. And Aussie Ark, which is a group that's partnered with Global Wildlife Conservation and Wild Ark, are trying to get these Tasmanian devils back in the wild. They released 11 of them into about a thousand acres of a wildlife sanctuary um and they are hoping to release more and get the population back up but they have named all these tasmanian devils um some of the names are lenny lisa yeah. <laughs> lenny and lisa yeah classic dang my mom would not be happy with that her name's lisa oh well you know i mean they're not all bad they're this picture of the tasmanian devil is pretty cute um, they apparently, well, this is going to make them sound like terrible animals, but they um, help keep away foxes and cats and other invasive predators in Australia. Mm-hmm. So they're fox and cat killers, if you want to paint them as bad animals. Or I guess. just like, uh, I can't think of a word, but they're just, you know, keeping them away. You know, they're not necessarily Oh, they're just them. nicely they're asking them to <laughs> not cross the barrier. <laughs> look, look, guys. Come on, man. Like I'm a devil. You're a fox. <laughs> Let's just cut the bullshit. I don't care about this, but my boss is asking you <laughs> to keep away. <laughs> I hate to ask. <laughs> if you wouldn't mind. It's kind so, of a thing. A little history for why they vanished in the first place. Um, I guess when dingoes were introduced, which dingoes are, I don't know, complete assholes. Like, nobody likes them. They're always fucking up as, Australia. As you we know. all know. Right. Well, I mean, you know, you're always hearing about them in the news. Um, are we? What? You are. The last they're, time they're, you... they're always, like, getting rid of, like, Australian sheep and, like, killing things what? and, like, killing dogs. And they're crazy. Are you, like, subscribed to the Australian Times? <laughs> I have <Yes>. never. <laughs> I don't think I've ever, like, once the... ever heard they're any headline or story about a dingo... Dude, just and it's like literally the last reference to dingoes I've ever seen was on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And what did they the reference? Vampire, what did they the say? Dingo ate my baby. Yeah, assholes. See, like, I but mean, that was twenty, like twenty-four years ago. They have bad press. Just yeah. look up like, dingoes. You'll find a, a huge like laundry list of like crime, you know, that I'm they've committed up. in Australia and elsewhere. Dingo crime it's It's kind of like raccoons over here like we're just like yeah they look cute but they completely destroy whatever they live next to they're always getting in the trash and eating your roof shingles you know like raccoons are assholes at least there's no fox or cats around Mm -hmm. exactly so anyway back in the day dingoes um tasmanian devils were outcompeted by dingoes and um they kind of like took over all the territory and forced the Tasmanian devils out. And then also, sadly, Tasmanian devils had a um, transmissible fatal disease, which was deemed devil facial tumor disease. 
Um, Very aptly named. Yeah, but it's the only known contagious cancer. So that unfortunately passed through the Taz population, if you will. And right now there's only 25,000 devils in the wild of Tasmania today. So not that much. Hopefully our children's children's children will still grow up in a world filled with Tasmanian devils. Yeah. And, you know, if they're interested, they can send digital postcards to the current group of 11 Tasmanian devils that are getting ready to be released (laughs) into the wild. Um, If they care, they can send a postcard to, here's how they're, they're termed, Adventurous Lisa, Timid Lenny, Hangry Skittles, or Sassy Jackson. Sassy Jackson. So there's four featured devils in the group of 11. And these are the little characters. Seven didn't make the cut. Like, yeah, they were too boring, which is saying a lot for Tasmanian devils. If you've never seen or heard a Tasmanian devil in action, do yourself a favor. Go on YouTube. Just type in Tasmanian devil and listen to the shrill, shrieking, barking howls of a Tasmanian devil. They're, <laughs> they sound crazy. Yeah. And they look kind of like... They almost kind of look like a skunk. They got like a black with like a white stripe and kind of like a wolverine rodent kind of looking thing. They have a pretty, like their face is so like compact and their body is pretty, you know. They look like nothing on Looney Tunes. No. Well, I mean, kind of, because his body was very like, I don't know, one shape. Yeah. Upside down pair. And I don't, I don't see that. If they stood up in real life the way he used to, they might look like that. But yeah. Speaking of weird-looking animals... Yeah, you think those are weird. The Probably like the weirdest animal we could possibly conjure, conjure or imagine would be the platypus. Oh, I thought we were going to guess. Okay. Oh, no. There's no contest, though. I mean, it's definitely the platypus. Yeah. We have talked about the platypus on here so many times. And, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, it has a lot of weird characteristics. The one I always think of first is it lays eggs... And it has like that's not that. I mean, like a lot of animals lay eggs. Well, hold on. I mean, it might have a duck build, you know, um, bill, if you will. Yeah, (laughs) to it. But it's also a mammal. It's classified as a mammal. So what the fuck? Yeah, mammals don't lay eggs. Well, this one, this one does. Wait, I thought I thought that was a thing, like to be in the mammal classification. There's always an exception. Yeah, this nature. Okay, they didn't know how to classify this thing. Like it's not a reptile. It's not a bird. Yeah. If you think it's, about it, like the classification is just humans looking at animals being like, you fit in that group or whatever. It's not like God is saying, <laughs> this is what it is, you know. That's pretty much the criteria science came down to. Like, well, it's, it's like a cactus or whatever. You yeah, know? It's, it's, so it's, it's a pretty close to this. Yeah. So I think they just figured like it fits enough categories within the mammal group that it can be called one. But it sweats milk, which I always forget about this one. It's a really gross characteristic. It has venomous spurs, which we've also talked about on here before. And I, I don't think I ever knew this. It has 10 sex chromosomes. Yeah. That's crazy. So I... Not nine, 10. Not to be offensive, but shouldn't we include platypuses into the LGBTQP? Oh my God. <laughs> Not to be offensive, but here's this extremely <laughs> offensive thing I'm going to say. <laughs> it's a lot of different genders. That's all I'm saying. A lot of different sexes of platypus. If we got 10 That's different true. chromosomes, yeah, there's got to be... More than just one kind of male or one kind of female or I don't know. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, that would be right to assume. Very but interesting. Let's back up a little bit and talk about, because um, Mike was like, producer Mike, you know, was like, how do they lay eggs? I don't know. So <laughs> it has this. It has one know, hole. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that where I was going with it? Oh, but, well, that, yeah, it has no, one it has, hole where it pees, it poops, and it sexually reproduces out of well that's also creepy so thanks for making them sound even weirder than we already (laughs) thought they were um not that creepy so in most mammals (laughs) yeah it's like dudes and dudes piss and come out of the same hole yeah but we don't poop out of it either right that's what's creepy to me it's like yeah two functions that's okay but the third one i don't know okay so most mammals that aren't platypi um have had their the gene that would have um, created egg laying replaced with a different gene, which is what makes us like make milk in women when they're pregnant. Um, but I guess platypus have like a couple, I don't know, of this old gene left over. So 
they lay eggs, but they also produce milk. They just sweat it instead of having like the mammary glands. You know, they just they're just doing it their own way. So they're just like warming up for whatever world domination, and then sweating milk. <laughs> God, it's so disgusting. Oh yeah, and they're also toothless. Just you know, yeah, they're, just they're, for an added weird thing. Their toothless bill has um, electrical sensors in it so that they can um, use it to locate prey when they're in the water and they can't see as well. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, imagine somewhat similar to what like hammerhead sharks yeah. and sharks have. Yeah, they have that like sonar-ish like, kind of thing. Well, sonar is sound. This is more like electromagnetic sensory. Yeah. <clears throat> and one of the other things that makes them a mammal, even though they lay eggs, is they have mammary glands, they grow hair, and apparently this is also a defining characteristic of being a mammal is having three bones in your middle ears. Oh, of course. Yeah. Like, of course. We all know reptiles only have two. <laughs> I don't know if they even have any. I'm trying to picture ears. like where the platypus ear would even because their heads are kind of like duck heads where you can't see anything except the little round, mm-hmm. you know, their eyes are like right here. And and I think it was just recently discovered that they, they, uh, not bioluminescent, but they ref- they glow under UV yeah. light. Yeah, And it's like a bluish green color. So they're basically aliens. Let's just call yeah. it right now. There's you know, like what the fuck are they? Greek. Yeah. Just evolving in that isolation in Australia, I guess. Okay. Speaking of rare animals and weird things in the animal kingdom, we're almost done. Hang in there, Producer Mike. We're <laughs> Producer almost- Mike looks fascinated. What are you talking about? He's going to love this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, virgin births really do happen in the animal kingdom. It's a thing. It's called par- parthenogenesis. 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 Yeah. It's like the Parthenon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Life finds a way. Oh, see? <laughs> I knew we had to do it just for that. That was like super old raspy man version of, of uh, what's his name? Ian. Ian what's his name? I know. Come on. How disappointing. Or Jeff Goldblum as Jeff the actor. Goldblum. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, anyways. (laughs) Um, Nina, where are some of the animals that will self-procreate? So this is weird because when you think about it, it's really just saying asexual production. And we know that that happens with like worms and things, but you wouldn't have thought it could happen with animals like Komodo dragons. That's one on this list. Mm, I would have thought. I wouldn't. Well, I guess reptiles. They're all creepy and weird. They seem like the type. They're evil. You know, they do things all creepy. But I guess female Komodo dragons can, uh, they can switch between virgin birth and sexual reproduction if males are around. So it's kind of like, you know, if they have males around, they could say, okay, fine. We're not going to do our asexual reproduction thing. We're going to mate with the male. But can you imagine like if the male was there and they're still like, no, we don't need you. We're <laughs> I'd just rather gonna... just fuck myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am better at this. Just come on. So that's one. Um, but also um, a type of shark can reproduce asexually or parthenogenically if they would like. And they've done it in captivity. So I guess when they're just a solo shark with no, like, so what no we're woman. saying is the Virgin Mary isn't a human; it's an animal. She was an animal. <laughs> a Komodo dragon. dragon. Race. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Jesus is the Illuminati. Jesus is the Leviathan. He's one of the yeah. lizard men Illuminatis. Yes. So he's going to be the next president. Is what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Or he's been so president each and every time. Oh my God! <laughs> it's just been different, um, different reincarnations of him. Different, different lizard faces. men. Jesus. Yeah. Who came from a virgin birth from his lizard Komodo dragon mom that was married to some sucker. Or, yeah, exactly. Joseph, yeah. yeah. Joseph is just into bestiality (laughs) and didn't want to admit it. You're welcome. I just solved all the the mysteries uh, of the world. (laughs) You guys started the most sacrilegious podcast we've ever done. Sacrilegious? I just opened everyone's mind. Or maybe like making a new religion, yeah. Instead of Q, it could be like x or something yeah there you go it'll be triple x because they're fucking themselves yeah see you know what i'm noticing on this list of animals that can uh reproduce through parthenogenesis is none of them seem like cozy and cuddly like another one is the pit viper so we've got our komodo dragon pit viper you know sharks like 
all these animals that you're already kind of like, no, I don't like this. The However, kind of, the kind of animal you wouldn't want to like cuddle with afterwards. You're like, no, yeah. it's okay. I'll go home. It, yeah. It's fine. It's, <laughs> that it's makes cool. sense. So they just, yeah. they, they've got it uh, self-sufficient over there. But domesticated turkeys and chickens have been able to produce offspring without There's mating. Now so now we're getting to it. Yeah. They're kind of cute sometimes. Uh, no. Chickens? Chickens? Like Maybe. in cartoons. I'm looking at turkeys and no. Turkeys look like a mistake yeah yeah i mean Dumb like platypus up there buddy yeah right um south african honeybees oh honeybees uh, again yeah the virgin queen bees have been uh observed to create both female and male baby bees well that's impressive yeah put that on your resume <laughs> <laughs> yes one time I was a queen bee reproduced yeah. <laughs> by myself no big deal male and female started like five or six colonies yeah still going yeah no big deal legacy but um mammals mostly aren't capable of doing it but on their own on their own but um in 2004 researchers found a way to get uh, some mice to reproduce asexually dude one day mice are gonna rise up against us and just <laughs> fuck us up because we do so many screwed up things to them in labs yeah giving them cancer cells and injecting them with bee venom and yeah, we've got some bad rodent mm. karma for sure. They're going to get back at us. You watch. I'm so pissed. But honestly, by the time that happens, they'll probably have evolved into other species. And if uh, time is telling, then chances are they might evolve into crab. What? Yes. Crabs? Crabs. That is not what I would have guessed. Apparently. Wait, wait, what? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a thing. Apparently. Mice? Well, Any, maybe not mice. Yeah. Might, that might be a little bit of a stretch. Maybe, but you know, some similar crab-like animal. actually a somewhat common thing in the big scheme of things for various species to eventually evolve their way into becoming crabs. Mm-hmm. There are, Wouldn't that be de-evolving? No. It's called Mike, covergent don't be evolution. insulting. I, hold on. It's not insulting. <laughs> I apologize just... to all of our crab listeners, all of our crustacean <laughs> listeners. Yeah, I mean, it's like, hold on. Like, the whole evolutionary process shows us coming from sea into... Mm-hmm. Yeah, into... but we all know that... Yeah, so like, that would be going backwards. No, most religions yeah. say that life is cyclical and reincarnation. Life is a wheel. The sun well, is just the big wheel. So what I'm picturing here... You only, you only upcycle. You only go up the up the ladder in that's reincarnation. True. so this is like worse or better than reincarnation i don't know we gotta we need to we need to slow blink some crabs and set up some meow talk <laughs> did you crabs. ever watch that super mario brothers movie with no. bob hoskins no i want to watch it because i've been okay. here a lot watch it. yeah uh, this is what the best movie ever made um I, that's kind <laughs> of facetious right. but not no so take top that 10 up. it's in the top 10 top have to. It's Let's in the it top that. ten of yeah. like drinking game movies, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Like I own a copy. I love it. I don't know why, but I love it. <laughs> and there's a part in there where he de- there Bowser, you know, the mm-hmm. guy that Mario jumps over and knocks into a lava lake. Well, it's way more in depth now. Mm-hmm. He has a gun that he like devolves people with. <laughs> yeah, the the whole movie's based upon like the evolution of dinosaurs. Don't ask watch it but i was thinking about this like if we're going to crustacean this is like bowser's de-evolving machine from the super mario brothers movie so some of you people know what i'm talking about. oh i know what you're talking about i remember the first time you made me watch that movie and i was like (laughs) why am i wasting yeah i did watch it again look it grows on you because it's so ridiculous yeah it's so good like 2 a.m kind of movie where you're like (laughs) i could use some nonsense yeah gotta watch it yeah Yeah. not to get on a mario tangent but Uh, too late I, I, I've heard people postulate that the Mario brothers, they're the Mario brothers, so their last name must be Mario. Mario, Mario and Luigi Mario. Luigi, yeah. 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 No, that's in the movie too. Oh, is it? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, son of a gun. It explains so are many they, things. Are they called Mario Mario and Luigi Mario? Yep. Oh my God. I got to watch this movie. You oh, really yes, you do. <laughs> it's the, like I said, it's the best movie ever made. <laughs> Somewhat. <laughs> so um, apparently... It, well, I, I didn't do this, but what's called is convergent evolution. That's when you have two different species and they just both kind of happen to evolve into similar or the same kind of species separate from one another. Mm-hmm. So you've got different types of crustaceans throughout the ages, throughout all the oceans, and many of them just keep on evolving into crabs. Oh, okay. It, it seems makes to be there's kind of like the pinnacle crustacean um species to to evolve into which seems really odd to me like why wouldn't you well i don't know like they don't seem very agile no 
like they're just easy prey like yeah <laughs> but they're also like they're they're probably pretty like efficient organisms like as opposed to a shark or a whale or something you know oh like what's the lifespan on an average crab it can't be more than five ten fifteen years it's not like they're I don't living know. I've like never met the average the oldest crab. the oldest living uh <laughs> they usually animal. end up as some sort of like yeah. meal right so. right like they fall for the traps pretty easily that's you true know? <laughs> that's what i'm saying this isn't evolution this is <laughs> well i think i mean it's, it's not saying like they're trying really hard to be the most powerful animal or at the top of the food chain or anything it's just like maybe it's because it's easier for them to evolve into that if you begin as a crustacean in the ocean yeah as opposed it? to a crustacean on land then <laughs> you know that's where evolution leads you yeah, so be thankful that you're not a crab or a crustacean because you'd probably end up like a crab. In crab salad or sushi, which sounds really good right now. Ooh. Mm. Crabs are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Wait, hold on here. The Japanese spider crab is believed to possess lifespan of over 100 years. Well, okay, but that's Shut like up. a specialized crab. Yeah, that's just I want to know about like the American crab, <laughs> you know? Like I wonder. The patriot crab? Yeah, <laughs> what the, the difference is. bald eagle crab? Uh, blue crabs uh, sure. live for three or four years. Yeah, see? So. Yeah. Hmm. So they must re- reproduce like motherfuckers. Maybe they can self-reproduce. Maybe they can, yeah. So anyways, at the end of the day, it's all the, <laughs> we're all turning into crabs anyways. So. Yeah, so don't worry. It'll be okay. Or Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, XXX. Yeah. So I think that about does it for our 99th episode special on the animals. Mm -hmm. Thanks for joining our zoo. I thought you said Zoom. I'm like, we're not Zooming this. No. (laughs) Jesus. No. No, definitely not. No, 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 no. And on that note, fuck Zoom. Mm -hmm. This has been Six Degrees of Rumination with your hosts, Rena Gorman. Nina Boyd. And the producer, Mike. Good night.